0: The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code run that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate.
1: Everybody welcome into the 8th inning stretch. I'm AJ joined uh, as always by my co-host with the most and my favorite Minnesotan Carson
2: What's up AJ? What's up everybody? Um, Man, oh man are these playoffs just I don't know about you AJ But I am having the time of my life watching these even though I'm doing the show today with a heavy heart because it's being officially reported that Carlos Correa has opted out of his Minnesota Twins contract But it's okay we're, that's that's off-season's problem. We've got a lot of playoff baseball to cover, and I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yeah, these uh, the playoffs have, have lived up to the hype so far. Uh, admittedly, I'm having more fun watching some games than others. Um, I'll get into that later. Obviously, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, big news about Korea. Um, that's going to make this winter uh even more interesting because now we'll have aaron judge and carlos correa on the market uh you know this winter uh but before we get there we still have a we still have a world series champ to cry on obviously uh yeah so let's let's jump right in let's talk about our poll results we gave you guys uh we had we had two polls this week um one of them was uh asking your for your uh who you got in the ALDS. Um kind of an interesting split on this one, Carson. Fifty percent went with the Mariners and the Guardians, 25% with the Mar- went with the Mariners and the Yankees, and 25% went Astros Yankees, please God no. Uh and nobody went Astros Guardians.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting that um that none of our fans saw a possibility where that combination doesn't make the, uh, make the ALCS, which, which I found very interesting. But I mean, when you talk about a series that I think people would want to watch the most, I would agree probably with the 50% that that would be Mariners guardians. Uh, Mariners Yankees series would certainly, I think be interesting. Kind of that underdog story of the Mariners versus well, the Yankees being the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I I predicted in our last episode in Astros, Yankees, ALCS. Am I hoping I'm wrong? Absolutely. Like, this is the one time where I'm hoping my predictions are wrong because I just would not be very interested in that series.
1: No. Uh, you know, I think the other thing about this is... Uh, I think a lot of people... Once their, you know, once their team is out of it or if their team didn't make the playoffs, you know, they kind of latch on to a, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans kind of latch onto another team. They cheer for another team. By the way, everybody, there's still plenty of room on the Mariners bandwagon. Um... And let's be honest. Unless you're a Houston fan, which... What the hell is wrong with you? Or a Yankees fan, I know what's wrong with you. Um... Unless you're an Astros or a Yankees fan, though, you don't want to see either one of these teams in the in the ALCS or the World Series.
2: Yeah, I mean it's like, don't get me wrong, they are two very talented teams. Like we can't we can't gloss over the fact that both of those teams are extremely good and there's a reason why they were they were the mm. teams that got the bye. Um but as far as an ALCS goes, it just like it feels like it would be a retread again, and it feels like we'd be getting yeah. into like the Golden State-Cleveland Cavaliers non-ending
1: rivalry in the. Uh, I'm and- so glad you made that comparison because that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yep, that's uh, just something nobody wants. Yeah, what did we? How many years in a row did we get stuck with Cleveland and Golden State in the finals? What it was like four years in a row?
2: I think I think it was four years. Yeah.
1: Ugh, God. Um, or like when. In the nhl when we had back-to-back years of the red wings and the penguins uh um no seriously though yeah we don't need an astros yankees alcs we definitely do not need a astros dodgers world series again um although carson i have to admit as much as i loathe both teams uh there's something there would be something um kind of an, like Yankees-Dodgers would be kind of an old school, you know, throwback matchup Uh that I might actually, I mean, I, I despise both teams, but I think that that might actually be kind of a, that might actually be a cool World Series.
2: Yeah, I would definitely be interested in, in that, that World Series matchup for sure. I mean, like you said, kind of an old school, old school matchup, two of the oldest teams in in the yeah. majors, going at it for for the ultimate ultimate prize that would be that would be a pretty cool series to watch for sure.
1: Uh, although I would be hoping that somehow both teams would lose, um, or the series would just end in a tie and nobody would get the trophy. Uh, all right, let's talk about NLDS real quick. Uh, the choices: Dodgers, Phillies, Dodgers, Braves, Padres, Phillies, Padres, Braves. Seventy five percent went Dodgers Phillies, which I knew there was the reason I liked all of you. Um, because if you listened to our last episode, you know that I picked the Phillies to beat the Braves. Uh, the other one is Dodgers Braves. Boring. Uh, but nobody went Padres Phillies and nobody went Padres Braves.
2: Well, I think it's pretty clear that our audience does not believe that the Padres will be able to beat the Dodgers here. Um, although the series you know, is one one. So Yeah, think exactly. But um but yeah, I I think I'm in agreement with the 75%. I think that it will be a Dodgers Phillies NLCS. Um I just we'll we'll get into it a little I'll get into it a little bit later when we uh kind of recap what's happened so far uh in the division series, but that's that's the matchup I think we'll end up seeing.
1: Yeah, I think Dodgers Phillies is probably well, I don't know. I mean the uh the Braves and the Phillies are that series is tied too so um I don't know that's that's a tough one I I think I might I mean to be fair I do still think the Dodgers are going to win that series even though the Padres you know just came back last night and absolutely punched (laughs) the Dodgers in the mouth um I don't know i My, 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 my head says my, my logic says Dodgers Phillies Carson, but I would be so down for a Padres Phillies NLCS.
2: I mean, I guess I would be technically, I'd be down for that, but (laughs) seeing as I picked the Dodgers to win the world series, uh, no, thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just something, just something kind of intriguing about that matchup. So. I don't know I just I think that would be a I think that would be a fun series to watch uh yeah let's let's talk about what's going on in these division series um as of the time of recording uh well for today for today for us yesterday for you guys the only game on the slate is uh game two between the Mariners and the Astros um I guess the Yankees and Guardians got postponed uh, because of weather. Uh, But the Astros and the Yankees are both leading their Series 1 zip. Uh, The Phillies and the Braves, we mentioned, are tied 1-1, and so are the Padres and the Dodgers. And bad news in Dodger land, Carson. Cody Bellinger is going to be out for Game 3.
2: Yeah, this is is not good news from a defensive standpoint. Uh, From an offensive standpoint, if we're being truly honest, it feels like at times Cody Vellinger hasn't even played all year. Um, yeah. It's it's hard, It's been hard to to watch him at the plate go from the MVP guy we saw to to struggling at the plate. But defensively, this is going to be a huge loss from the Dodgers. Because um, as as we kind of saw saw last last night, there their defense stepped up big a few times, making some nice double plays and things like that to keep them in in game two for as long as they were throughout the game. Um, and Cody Bellinger was a big part of that defense. So having him out for game three is a huge loss for the Dodgers defensively.
1: Yeah. They're going to, they're definitely going to miss his glove. Um, and he's just, you know, you have to see guys get hurt anytime, but especially during the playoffs and especially in a tight series, uh, against a, against a really good, a really good Padres team. Um, save one exception, but I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk about that later. And uh, oh, well, we'll definitely talk about that later. Um, all right, let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Carson, I will admit, I know absolutely nothing about managing a baseball team, but even I know putting in Robbie Ray against Jordan Alvarez when you're one out away from stealing uh stealing a game against the Astros uh even I know that is probably the worst decision you can make um the Mariners just I mean there's no way around it the Mariners just the Mariners blew it the Mariners blew game 1 against Houston
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm not really sure what Scott Service was thinking there. Um, I mean, like you said, AJ, they would have. Like this would have been a steal of a game from, uh, from the Mariners, and honestly, they were looking really good. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, you chase out Justin Verlander in four innings after ten hits on him and six home runs. I mean, or six home runs, six earned runs. Excuse me. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's incredible, considering that he is is a contender for the AL Cy Young. To chase him out in four innings offensively, that is absolutely huge for the Mariners, and that was a great performance by their offense. But man, oh man, did their pitching just let them down as the game went on. Now, Logan Gilbert didn't necessarily have a great day by any means, but he was solid through five and a third, had three earned runs, five strikeouts, I mean yep. not not necessarily a bad day but you know Brash comes in and is able to to get out of a nice jam. Diego Castillo comes in and has a great inning. And then you go to Andre Munoz who who's been a solid relief pitcher for them all year long and he has a couple of couple of runs come in on three hits. You bring in Paul Seawalt who has been one of your more reliable closers. Now he had had now he had, had two earned runs when he got pulled, this is true. But when you think about guys that you could have pulled him for, Robbie Ray <laughs> is like the last name that comes to mind. I, I'd call I'm trying to, I'd call Felix Hernandez out of retirement before I put Robbie Ray into that game. Like AJ, if my stats serve me correctly, Robbie Ray in the regular season gave up the second most home runs to batters. In yeah. the re- entire regular season. So Scott Service thinks, all right, let me bring him in against one of the most lethal hitters in the game in Jordan Alvarez. Which, okay, I thought I was kind of watching this thinking to myself, well, that's certainly a choice. I guess time will tell. <laughs> it was the wrong one. Uh, that time was one pitch, um, which was by yeah. the way, fastball down the middle. You do not give Jordan Alvarez a fastball anywhere. I don't care if you're throwing it six feet above his head. You don't give him a fastball because he will make you pay every single time. And what does he do? He makes Robbie Ray pay and hits a walk-off three-run bomb. That thing wasn't just a home run. That thing was absolutely crushed. And like we talked about earlier, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. When you get a chance to take Justin Verlander out of a game after four innings— You've mm-hmm. got to win that game. This is a massive loss for the Mariners, and quite frankly, I don't know if they'll be able to recover. Um,
1: yes, this was this was obviously this this hurts. Um, really, uh, obviously, a highly questionable decision by Scott Service. Uh, and and a bit of a shaky performance out of, you know, some of the bullpen. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but uh, anytime one of my teams plays the Astros, I somehow still get this, like, sinking feeling that somehow the Astros still know what pitch is coming, even though I know that's not a thing. Um, but seriously, uh, as much as this... As much as this sucks, as much as this hurts, um, the Mariners since the game and uh, you know their press conferences and interviews and everything, they've all been saying the right thing. Uh, even Jared Kelnick, which really impressed me. Jared Kelnick was basically like, "Yeah, this is shitty. This sucks, but you know, uh, you know, we'll be okay. We're gonna, you know, uh, you know, we'll we'll bounce back from this." And and I and I think they will. One. Uh, You've got Carsta they've got Luis Castillo going in Game Two. Who, if he report, if he repeats one tenth of his performance in that first game against the Blue Jays, um, the Mariners will be in good shape. Um, I mean, this this they've they've shown all year that they're a tough, resilient team, um, and I think I I just again, admittedly, am biased, but. Uh, I think they'll bounce back and 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 earn the split in Houston, which I think I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me is is probably the best that they could have asked for coming into the series.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think that was certainly a best case scenario to at least win one in Houston, but I don't know AJ. That game one should have been the one, and they could have yeah, been looked at two two zero series lead here. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no doubt. They definitely, they are, they definitely should have won that first game, um, but it, it's okay, Mariners fans. It's okay. It's not. Let's let's not jump off the space needle yet. Um, let's. It'll be okay. Uh, good vibes only, Mariners fans. Good vibes only. Um, all right, I I. I can't talk about this anymore. This is upsetting me. Um, I'm still fl- I'm having flashbacks to Jordan Alvarez hitting that hitting that home run. Uh, let's talk about the Yankees and the Guardians. Uh, the Yankees, to no surprise, uh, took Game One against the Guardians. Um, Curse the dude! Are the Guardians again? Probably another. I mean, looking at the Guardians, the best case scenario was was is earning a was earning a split in new york um which they can still do obviously if they win game two um i don't know that the yankees looked really good and uh i don't know i think maybe the guardians are in a little bit of trouble here aj garrett
2: cole was dealing in game one my goodness yes. i don't know if, i yes, don't know you know that was his first playoff starting in yankee stadium and what a heck of an impression he made um for Yank the Yankees faithful. I mean yeah. you talk about being able to solve the key pieces of that lineup in Jose Ramirez and Andres Jimenez. He did that. Um I mean, granted, you know, he did let up that home run to Stephen Kwan, but and the home run ball has been something that he's kind of struggled with this season, but at the same time it's Yankee Stadium. I could probably hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. And I'm <laughs> not even that strong like that. So um, but I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I think the Guardians might might be, you know, this inexperience from from these guys might might be starting to catch up to them a little bit because yeah. the postseason, as we as we know as fans, is a different animal than the regular season is. These guys have never really faced, and a Yankee crowd in the playoffs, AJ, I think you'll agree, mm. with me, is a not a very comfortable environment to be in as an away player. Um, uh, I mean, I, no, it's it, not. When the Twins played played the Yankees a couple years ago, they started chanting Uber at Randy Dobnack cuz he used to be an Uber Uber driver before the Twins picked him up. So um oh God. I mean the the Yankees faithful know how to get under your skin and it's certainly something that I think Cleveland will have to overcome in game 2.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that about their inexperience uh because yeah, the Guardians are are I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know if they're the youngest team in, in MLB, uh, but they're definitely up there. They're definitely one of the youngest teams. Uh, we talked about it a couple episodes where they, you know, they debuted, I think, something like 16 rookies this year uh, and still won their division, which is clearly, I mean, that's that's just a really impressive feat. But, yeah, um, the fact of the matter is the Yankees have, the Yankees do have the experience um, most of the guys on, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys on the Yankees roster have have been here before. Um, again, though, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to throw in the towels on the Guardians yet. I still think, I mean, obviously, if they if they go down two zero heading back to Cleveland, you know, uh, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much all she wrote because uh, the two zero deficit in a best of five series is, is, um, you know it's basically that's you know that's it game over um but i i i still i still have faith in the in the guardians i still think they'll have a, i still think they can bounce back um and i i would not i wouldn't be surprised to see the Yankees up 2-0 Carson but i also wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see this thing headed back to cleveland to, uh you know tied 1-1
2: yeah it'll it'll certainly i think be be interesting to see what happens in this game too, but I think the biggest key for for Cleveland now is you got to get those bats going. Um, yeah, I and mean, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have just as heavy of a test with Nestor Cortez go scheduled to go in game two uh, tomorrow. So you're you're gonna need to figure out a way to get those bats going and get them going quickly because if you if they go down two nothing heading back to Cleveland, AJ, I'm sincerely worried mm.
1: about the Yeah. Yeah, down 2-0 and a best of five. I mean, down 2-0 and a best of seven isn't ideal either, obviously. Um, I mean, unless you're the 2004 Red Sox. Um, But down 2-0 and a best of five, yeah, that's just, that's, that's, I mean, it can be done, um, but it, you know, the odds are definitely stacked against you. Um, And before we talk about these NL series, yeah, just a quick note what you said about Yankees fans. Yeah. Yankees fans Yankees fans raise Yankees fans raise trash talk to an art form. Um <laughs> I don't know how many of you having having never had the displeasure of attending a game in person at Yankee Stadium because I'm sorry, but you couldn't pay me enough money to go to that place. Um but I don't know how many of you remember the uh when uh Pedro Martinez made the mistake of saying that the Yankees were his daddy, and uh I don't know how many of you remember the who's your daddy chance uh at Pedro um during the two thousand four ALCS. Um but there's your you know, there's a perfect example of um uh, Yankees and their and their uh impressive talents, the impressive skills of of trash talking. So But seriously, the Uber thing? Come on. Ugh. Ugh. And Yankees fans. Um all right, let's talk about the NL. Uh we mentioned the the Phillies or the Braves. Carson, the Phillies, the Phillies came out in game one and just I mean, talk about talk about just taking a swing and and just knocking the knocking the defending champs back on their heels in that first game uh which was really really impressive but uh the Braves the you know they're the defending champs they've you know this isn't their, this obviously isn't their first dance this isn't their first rodeo uh, and they they bounced back.
2: Yeah, I actually going back to I actually really liked what I saw from both teams in game one. Um, Obviously, the the Phillies did a great job chasing Max Freed out early. And, you know, when when we talk about those, the AL series, you know, we talk a lot about the home run ball, but. You know, Philadelphia was able to do it just with a bunch of little rinky-dink singles and doubles. Like we we can't yeah. forget that you don't need to hit a home run in every playoff game to be successful. Like you string together a bunch of singles and doubles like the Phillies did, you can run up the score pretty quickly, but um as for the Braves, I really liked how they did not quit. You know, they they got the they got the bats going late in the game. Travis Darnot belted a nice nice solo home run to get things going, and they really kind of got their bats going as well. And I think game two was all about the defense from the Braves. My goodness, those plays by Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley, respectively. Like, Austin Riley especially, a sliding foul ball catch like right as the ball is getting ready to go out of play are you kidding me like that was incredible speaking of speaking of impressive defensive plays how about Nick Castellanos in game one, basically saving the game as the Braves were rallying with that diving catch in right field, looking like he was about to do a break dance afterwards. Like, my goodness, that's not something we're used to seeing from Castellanos either. Um, but as far as game two goes, yeah, the Phillies, the Phillies struggled to, to get the, the bats going in game two, only put up three hits, which is a drastic change of events from, from game one. So for, for game three now, heading back to Philly, they got to figure out how to get those bats going again like they were in
1: game one. Carson, I think this series is a is a perfect example of how, <laughs> for lack of a better term, how weird baseball is. Okay, so game one, the Phillies come out, their bats are just, the bats are on fire. They come out, they, they just, I mean, they just punch the defending champs like, you know they just hit the they hit the defending champs with a with a haymaker uh and and win the first game in Atlanta which um I've I mean I've never been to I haven't been to the Braves new stadium uh but if the new stadium is anything like Turner Field that is not an easy place to play um for opposing teams um but then game two rolls around and 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 the Braves bounce back and the and the Phillies bats were ice cold. Um I think this just proves this is just a really good example of how weird baseball is and how how unique it is and and how um how things can just turn on a dime. I don't know. I just this is one of the this is one of the many reasons Carson that I love baseball so much.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a an absolutely great series for sure uh, that we've been been able to, to witness. And, you know, like like I kind of talked about earlier, this is very much a series that isn't about the home runs, but it's more about right now. It's more about who can get the most kind of hits to be able to string them together, get some runs on the board, and then rely on their pitching to go from there. This series, I think, is going to be a lot about the bullpen and whose bullpen can kind of outlast the other.
1: So you're saying that a playoff baseball series is going to come down to pitching and defense.
2: I know. Shocking, shocking analysis. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? But,
1: but I think ladies and and gentlemen, that is the kind of insight that you get here on the eighth inning stretch. Um, (laughs) No, seriously. Uh, uh, On a little bit of a side note, really, really, really awesome to see Kenley Jansen um, get his chance to step up in game two. Um, that that made me smile, because um, you know myself among others have been a little hard on him this year about you know not you know not being the same pitcher and yada yada and and he just you know at least for one game uh, really stepped up big. Um, one one more quick thing about this series uh, as it heads back to Philly, Carson um, again i'm really going out on a limb here but i'm gonna guess that uh citizens bank park which by the way absolutely beautiful ballpark um is going to be loud uh for these next two games
2: as they should be yeah this these next two games are gonna be you know philadelphia is having a great sports scene right now the eagles are undefeated currently the phillies are in the playoffs like this is, this is going to be a fun crowd, I think, to, to witness these next couple of games in this series. Uh,
1: just a couple of things to keep in mind for Phillies fans. Um, hopefully it doesn't snow, and hopefully Santa Claus doesn't make an appearance. Um, sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, and for anyone who is not sure what I'm talking about, go look up Phillies fan. Go look up... Uh, philly fans and santa claus on youtube and you'll you'll see what i'm talking about um i believe it was eagles fans uh throwing snowballs at santa claus um no seriously though all joking aside philly fans are (sighs) philly fans are awesome philly fans are i mean they have the they can get nasty too they can get nasty but they don't get nasty like new york fans um Philly fans are just, Philly fans are awesome. And, uh, do me a favor, Phillies fans, and enjoy every second of, uh, of Mr. Kyle Schwarber. Um, because, well, you get to enjoy him, and, and Red Sox fans didn't get to enjoy him this year. So, uh, anyways, let's talk about this Padres Dodgers series, Carson. Um, all right. i'm just gonna i was the series is tied one one um heck of a bounce back game last night from the padres because i gotta be honest after game one Carson, i looked at this thing and i went well this is gonna be a sweep um <laughs> it was, you know the dodgers are the dodgers and and i thought after game one and i was like yeah that's pretty much how i expect this whole thing to go uh but i gotta give I got to give props to the Padres. They they bounced back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very, very, very impressed with, with the way the Padres played in game two. Um, obviously, you know, you're able to, to rough up Clayton Kershaw a little bit, which, oh, god dang it, I hate playoff Kershaw. Um, sometimes it's just the most annoying thing in the world, but I really liked what I saw from the Dodgers in game one. I mean, they looked like only they looked like how the Dodgers look. Great defense, great offense. Um, the defense certainly held them into to game two, um, but at the end of the day, the the Padres bullpen kind of locked in, got the job done. Josh Hader looked phenomenal, um, which is something that I think is going to be crucial for the Padres as we head to San Diego uh, for these next yep. couple of games, but man oh man did Mike Clevenger get roughed up in game one that's got to be something that's that's concerning for the Padres because if you can't rely on your starting pitching as we know especially in the postseason you know things things are gonna be be a little bit scary for you especially with an offense as potent as the Dodgers but have no fear, Dodgers fans. We're gonna be okay. The the bullpen. The bullpen let me down a little bit in game two, but that's alright. The, the bullpen's still strong, even though Craig Kimbrell isn't on the roster, but we, you know, that's okay. Because the bullpen is good enough on its own. Where honestly, Craig Kimbrell was the kindrance this year. I'm not afraid to admit that, even with my Craig Kimbrell agenda. But you know what? We're gonna head to San Diego. We're gonna we're gonna be okay. We've still got a great lineup. Dodgers are gonna be just fine. Uh,
1: I do. I, I just want to shout out Dave Roberts. Um, <laughs> Dave Roberts. I, I mean, I've always been a. I am. I am a lifelong Dave Roberts fan. He single handedly uh, delivered the World Series to the Red Sox in two thousand four with that unbelievable steal um, against Mariana Rivera, no less. Uh, so I am, I am, even though he manages the Dodgers, which creates a bit of a conflict for me, I am a lifelong Dave Roberts fan. I will always be a fan of Dave Roberts. Um, I'm sorry, but holding, taking Craig Kimbrell off the NLDS roster is the right move. Uh, Kimbrell, uh, well, I'm not going to go on a Craig Kimbrell rank because I've gone on an, enough of those this year. Um... That was, I think that was a smart move. Um, no surprise that Kershaw went kerplunk in the playoffs like he always does to the surprise of nobody. Um, but Carson, I think, I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm really stating the obvious here, everybody, but I think winning, splitting in LA, splitting in LA was a huge, huge win for the Padres. Um, and i'm gonna go i'm really gonna go on a limb this time i think game three no cody bellinger they're the dodgers are really gonna miss his glove um i think the padres i think the padres i think they i think the padres win game three
2: things are set up perfectly for them to win game three. And I think that's obviously that's huge. If you're, if you're able to take game three on your home turf, you know, leading to a winner, go home in game four. That's, that's huge for the Padres. Everything is set up to where, you know, Cody Bellinger being out is going to hurt the Dodgers defense. Everything is set up for the Padres to potentially go out here and win game three, which is a very terrifying thought if i'm being completely honest here but the padres especially will,
1: if you pick the dodgers
2: yes but the padres will also have to deal with uh, tony Gonsolin, who is scheduled to mm. to start game 3 who has been one of the better pitchers
1: in baseball this year let alone
2: on the dodgers so um
1: uh certainly do we know do we know who the padres starter is in game 3
2: they will be starting blake snell in game 3
1: Oh, interesting. Um, no, I, I, I definitely, I can, I would not be at all surprised to see the Padres win Game Three, which would put the Dodgers in a hell of a tough spot in Game Four. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, this Padres team, Carson, uh, and we'll talk more about the Mets later, but this Padres team—they beat a really, really good Mets team. I mean the Mets won 101 games. Uh so I don't know. Don't don't sleep on the Padres. Um If this team, you know, if they get hot, if if I mean they're already hot, but if they if they can keep this hot streak going, um they're going to be they're going to be a tough out. Um all right, let's let's take a break because when we come back, uh, I will warn you. I will warn you now, ladies and gentlemen. I am, I am so fired up uh, about this Joe Musgrove thing. I am, I am just, I am incensed. Uh, so fair warning, bit of a rant incoming. Um, yeah, but let's take a break, and uh, and when we come back, we'll we'll. Talk about Joe Musgrove and the and the New York Mets. Um, yeah, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and, uh, and we'll be right back.
0: The eighth inning stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOME RUN. That's one word to save 10% off your first order. That's printer dudes. D the best 3d printed collectibles, this side of home plate. Hey
1: everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, all right. So fair warning. I've been, I've been, I've been working this up and preparing this, uh, for the, you know, well, pretty much since it happened, um, in case anybody missed it, uh, game game three between the Mets and the Padres, uh, I think it was probably around the fifth or, fifth or sixth inning. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but Buck Walter as per... Uh, so, Major League Baseball put into place this year as part of the new collective bargaining agreement that uh, random... Illegal substance checks on pitchers, and the manager of the opposing team can ask for a substance check during the game. So that's Buck Walter asked for a substance check during Game Three of Joe Musgrove uh, of the Padres um, because Carson. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if you watched this game. I don't know if you saw this, but. Uh, musgrove one of musgrove's ears looked a little funny um and showalter asked for a check of course to turn you know it turned out to be nothing but uh i don't know carson i i I smell something funny, and I think it was what whatever Joe musgrove wiped off on his jersey
2: <laughs> yeah, it's um definitely something very interesting uh it's been interesting to kind of watch this happen over the course of these past few days um but i don't know i keep going back and forth on this because andrew mccutcheon also came out and said that it could be uh, something called red hot which i guess is something that pitchers oftentimes use uh, but at the same time, it was a little suspicious to me that right before the check, Musgrove wiped his ear on his sleeve. I I just don't know. It's very interesting, especially considering the quote that came out, that he feels dirty about wearing the 2017 ring. Um, but who knows? This could have also just been Buck Showalter trying to psych out Joe Musgrove, who at the time was very much dealing uh, but his spin rate was definitely up in that game three, so I I honestly don't know how I feel about this. I, I see points of view from both sides here. All
1: right, let me let me break this down real quick. As far as let me talk about Buck Showalter for a minute, because ladies and gentlemen, um, weather reports are coming in for hell from hell that hell is frozen over because I am about to defend Buck Showalter. Uh, which I assure you, I am no great fan of the man, but I'm about to defend him because people, Carson, people have been, uh, you know, social media and whatever. They've been jumping over Walter and calling him a sore loser and yada yada and all this other stuff. Look, he is completely within his rights and completely within the rules to ask for the substance check on Joe Musgrove. Um, so... You know, just leave him the hell alone. Like, he was doing his job. He was doing what he thought was best for his team. Second, and I'm glad you brought this up, Carson, the quote from Joe over about feeling dirty about wearing the 2017 ring. Well, hey, Joe, guess what? You should feel dirty about wearing that ring because you you and your whole team cheated to win it. Um, I'm not saying I'm not... I obviously I can't definitively say that Musgrove had something illegal on his ear in that in that game. Um, but, you know, Carson, a leopard doesn't change his thoughts. Once a cheater, always a cheater.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's that's certainly a fair way of looking at it, but I just uh I don't know. I I can't help but see both sides in this. Maybe Musgrove was just actually had something on his ear. Maybe he just was dealing, but I don't know. Either way, it's it's going to be very interesting to look back on this depending on how far the Padres go.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the Padres, I think this is, okay, putting aside for a moment whether or not Musgrove actually, you know, did have something on his ear that he wasn't supposed to, which, oh, by the way, two former Major League pitchers uh, have come out and said that Musgrove's increase in, increased spin rate from the regular season versus this game against the Mets uh, is a red flag that he could be using, you know, could have been using an illegal stop since. So do with that what you will. But putting all that aside, whether whether you think you cheated or not... Um, Carson, this and this is the last thing the Padres need right now in the wake of of the Fernando Tatis Jr suspension
2: yeah a couple of couple of interesting things that have happened almost not necessarily back to back for the organization but uh just to, to their organization in general which is uh something that is certainly concerning I think for for Padres fans everywhere
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Padres have had, well, let's be honest, they've had a bit of an up and down year, but they've had a, all in all, they've had a really good year. Um, I mean, they obviously, they, they finished way behind the Dodgers in the, in the NL West, but they, you know, they got into the playoffs. They, they beat a really good Mets team. Um. So I mean, all in all, I think Carson. I think the the Padres have had a really good year, and I just, man, I just, I, I just hate to see stuff like this, and you know, because okay, let's let's you know, let's say the Padres go on and you know they go all the way, they win the World Series. Here we are again with another you know possible between between Tatis being suspended for PEDs and this Musgrove thing here we are again with another championship team with a cloud hanging over it.
2: Yeah. It's nothing that, that is ideal for sure for the, um, for the Padres. And I do kind of feel bad for them because this isn't, this isn't something that you you'd want to see for sure.
1: Yeah. I feel bad for the Padres and I feel bad for Padres fans. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see if anything actually comes of this Musgrove thing or, you know, if, I, I really hope he wouldn't be stupid enough to try this again. Uh but I guess we'll see. Um Speaking of the Mets, the team that the Padres knocked out of the playoffs, um it is going to be a very interesting winter in in uh in in Flushing, New York, um for the Mets Carson. So <laughs> this this list is just ridiculous. Jacob DeGrom, Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo, uh, Chris Bassett, Seth Lugo, and Adam Adovino, uh are all going to hit free agency this offseason. Um, Carson, this Mets team could look very, very different next
0: year.
2: Yeah, and that's why this season for the Mets was a major failure. Um, this, is the, this is the season that you wanted to go out and get and win at least make a long playoff run because you had a great core. And let's be honest here, AJ. A lot of these guys probably aren't coming back uh, because they're going to be able to go get a lot of money on the free agent market. And unless the Mets are going to be able, to, all of these guys, which I don't think they will. This Mets team is going to look a lot different next season. And this season was was the year to make a run at things, and they couldn't they couldn't get it done.
1: Well, I don't think – I don't necessarily think, the, you know, the Mets are going to go from winning 100 games this year to last place next year. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt this team is going to look different. Um, just just kind of looking at this list, I think – I think DeGrom – DeGrom, I think, stays. Uh, I mean, he's been with the Mets for so long now. I, I just – I don't see him – I don't see him going anywhere. I I think DeGrom stays, but Carson, I gotta be honest. I think out of this list, I think Jacob DeGrom is the only guy on this list that I look at and I go, yeah, he's definitely staying, and he's definitely staying with the Mets, all these other guys, especially Edwin Diaz. Are you kidding me? After the season Edwin Diaz had, he'll be able to go anywhere he wants.
2: You know, AJ, I look at this list and I say not even I say there's a chance that DeGrom might not be a Met next year. I just think that he's gonna be able to get a lot of money on the open market and I don't know, you know, the the depending on the team that could be around him, like I've seen a lot of people say potentially the Braves could be a good fit for him. I mean if he has a team around him that knows how to win, I don't know if he's gonna be a Met next year. I can't. I can't be a hundred percent certain on it.
0: That would be.
1: That would be wow. That would be insane. That would be a shocker. Um. That would. I. I. I would say that would be even more of a shocker than, you know, Degrom going from the Mets to their, obviously their division rivals, the Braves. I mean that. That would. That would be on the level of Aaron Judge going from the Yankees to the Mets. Um or the Yankees to the Red Sox. I could actually see, yeah, I if DeGrom does if Grom does hit the hit the open market, um, man, he could really he could really, really help somebody out. He could really bolster a, a pitching staff, because I mean DeGrom is still a really good pitcher. Um as for, as for Adam, as for Edward Diaz, um, I don't know. I I mean, I think, I think Diaz is kind of in the same boat, Carson. I think he could, he could pretty much go anywhere he wants. Like, you know, like DeGrom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind that, um, that Jacob DeGrom could could be on his way out, there's no doubt in my mind that Edwin Diaz is on his way out. Um, you know, after the year that he had, like you said, there is no chance that a team isn't gonna be willing to shell him out lots of money to to come close games for them. Because if this is the Edwin Diaz that they can get, teams every team in the majors should jump all over him.
1: Yeah. Particularly I mean I can think of a few teams that are really struggling for closures. Uh <laughs> twins hey- huh <laughs> twins yeah um edwin if you're listening i just want to tell you boston is a lovely city with lovely people and great food uh and the winters are nicer than the winters in new york
2: but in minnesota are also very beautiful it can get a little cold you know you're in new york you're used to calling this from, you're used to calling this from mets fans in general anyway so come on over
1: yes he's not used to living in a city where it gets so cold they have to build pedestrian walkways uh enclosed pedestrian walkways though so <laughs> a good point uh, fair enough That's how cold it gets in Minnesota that they were like, you know, it's too cold for people to walk around outside. Let's build these pedestrian walkways.
2: Hey, those skyways are great. I'm not even gonna I'm not even going. Those
1: are great. Oh, absolutely. The skyways are 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 cool as hell. Uh, I think every city should have those. Um, But seriously, no, the Mets are gonna look really different. I don't think that's, you know, uh, going too far out on a limb. Uh, But Carson, man, I don't know about you, but I just – I feel so bad for Mets fans. Um, they were – you know, Mets fans had such high hopes. This team was, you know, I think, you know, most – if not, I think pretty much all Mets fans were, you know, convinced that this was finally the year the the Mets were going to get back on, you know, to the top of the mountain. And they won 100 games, and then they just – and they just stumbled down the stretch. Um, I just I feel awful for Mets fans.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely rough for for Mets fans. I mean, to to see your team do so well and then to just get just get absolutely kicked. You know, I think the worst part is they didn't even really show up. It felt like in Game Three, um, uh-uh. even even with everything going on with Musgrove, you can't get one hit in an elimination game. Like that's yeah, that's ridiculous. And also. Stringing out Edwin Diaz in, like, the seventh inning when you're already down, like, 4 nothing and you got the trumpet
0: yeah. going.
2: Like, there were no Mets fans clapping to those those trumpets. All the Padres fans were having a great time. They were clapping to the trumpets as he came out, but all the Mets fans were just like, really? We're, we're, we're really doing this right now? Which I don't blame them for.
1: No, I don't either. Um, all I can say, Mets fans, is, is hopefully... Uh, you know, hopefully your your front office can, can get the job done this offseason and and try to at least uh, keep some of this core together. Who knows? Maybe this changes things in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes. You know, maybe the Mets front office looks at this season and goes, you know what we really could have used this year? We could have used a guy who can come out and hit 60 home runs for us. Um and you know, obviously, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. So I don't know that it'll it'll be an interesting winter uh, in in Mets country for sure. All right, let's play some buy or sell. Um, this is this is quickly becoming my favorite part of the show. And oof, we got a doozy to start off. Carson, buy or sell? AJ Hinch, he of the. 2017 Astros cheating scandal uh, has been tapped to manage the MLB team in in the upcoming Korea series.
2: Yeah, that's um, I'm selling on that. That's certainly a voice. <laughs> um, you know, not even for for the fact that AJ Hinch's history is, for lack of a better word, controversial. But I mean, like, really? Over all the managers in the in MLB, even the ones that didn't make the playoffs, you're gonna choose him? That's um that's yeah. a choice. So yeah, I'm I'm selling on it. Sorry, AJ.
1: I couldn't pos- I couldn't possibly sell this any harder. Carson, I don't even know. It it still boggles my mind how AJ Hinch even got another managing job in Major League Baseball. It boggles my mind how he's not how he's not how he got another job in baseball period anywhere uh not just here in the not just in north america anywhere in the civilized world um so that blows my mind this but this like you said out of all the managers out of you have 30 managers to pick from and this is the direction they went um I just I don't even know. And and also like it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but isn't this kind of a slap in the face to the players? Like, oh hey, this is how little we care about, you know, this is how little we care about this thing. We picked the biggest cheater in baseball since Barry Bonds to manage your team uh in a series against against the, you know, the Korean professional baseball.
2: Yeah, it's certainly um, could, I think, be taken as a slap to the face uh, to, to Korea. But uh, speaking of the former Astros manager, this is the benefits of doing this. We have a live score update, AJ. Kyle no. Tucker has hit a solo shot in the bottom of the oh, second to oh give the Astros the lead 1-0. Uh,
1: come on, Mariners. Please don't blow this game. Yeah. Um, Ugh. All right, let's okay. Yes, thank you for the live score update. Um Seriously though, let's just I mean, if if I'm if I'm in charge of picking a manager for this team, which I mean, let's not the the historical impact of this Korea series uh which if any if you're if anyone doesn't know, you know what we're talking about um this november a a team of you know uh mlb all-stars i guess um are gonna head to south korea and play four games uh against uh a team from the um from kbo the the korean uh professional league which is which is a, a huge deal and really cool um But Carson, if I'm in charge of, if I'm put in charge of picking a manager for this team, well, not only does AJ Hinch not even, is not even on my radar. um, I think I might go, how do I want to phrase this without sounding offensive? I think I might go kind of, I think I might go with one of the, one of the old school sort of uh, managers in Major League Baseball. I think I might go with my man, Terry Francona.
2: I think I think Tito would be an excellent choice, um, for sure to yeah. to be the to be the manager of this team. But I I just I don't get it. I really just do not get it.
1: No, that makes two of us. Um, yeah, I I don't know. This is yet another boneheaded decision by. Mr. Rob Manford. Um, all right, let's 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 move on before I get too off track and go on a rant about A.J. Hinch and the 2017 Astros. Um, Carson, by yourself, Dave Roberts pulling uh, Julio Urias after 79 pitches in game one against the Padres.
2: This gave me a little bit of difficulty because I kind of understand why he did it, but at the same time, you know, you you look at what what happened after he got pulled, and I mean, you you got to say that the the Dodgers kind of kind of won by by the skin of their teeth a little bit. But I'm gonna say bye here. Um, I think that you know the bullpen certainly had some some times where it was a little gonna be looked like it might be a little bit of a struggle, but. That Dodgers bullpen is so deep and that's part of the postseason, is that you trust your bullpen to go in and get the job done. Save Rias potentially for another day. I'm I'm gonna buy this decision from Dave
1: Roberts. Yep. Um, I'm buying this one also. I I mentioned earlier how big of a Dave Roberts fan I am, and I definitely don't agree with I I don't agree with most of his managerial decisions. Uh but this is actually one of the rare cases where I do agree with it. Cause um yeah, I think you've got to. You've, I mean, Urias is 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 a phenomenal pitcher, and I think you've got to um, you've got to do what you can to make sure that he's available uh, for you know for a game later in the series. Um, so yeah, buying. Uh, all right, buy or sell. It's time for Braves fans to hit the panic button.
2: I'm selling on this and selling hard. If you're already panicking and the series is tied, then you must—the Braves fans have must must have like postseason flashbacks from a long time from a long time ago. Because like you have a tied series, like you are okay. You nearly came back in game one, if not for a diving catch from Nick Castellanos of all people. Like you're okay. It's a tied series. I'm selling hard on this.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not buying this, but I'm not selling it. I am, I'm, I'm window shopping this one, Carson, because the way the Phillies came out in that first game, and yes, I know the Braves nearly came back and and won that first game, but the way the Phillies came out and just, you know, punched the defending champs, you know, square in the face, um... This Phillies team has this Phillies team has no fear. Uh, they are not. They are not remotely intimidated by the fact that they're playing the defending champs. Uh, and with the with two games coming up in Philly, um, I'm not buying. But I'm I'm window shopping. I'm I'm adding this to my Amazon cart, Carson, because if the Phillies win Game Three, uh. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't see a reality. I just don't see a scenario in which the Phillies lose, uh, lose a a, you know a potential a game four at home.
2: Yeah, I think that's. I think it's certainly fair to to window shop this, but uh, (laughs) I, I like the comparison of
1: adding it to the Amazon cart too. By the way, I'm putting it in my cart because I'm not. You know, I'm adding it to the cart because I'm not quite sure if I'm going to buy it yet. I haven't made up my mind. Um, That's fair. But let's just say, if the Phillies win Game Three, uh, I will be. I won't. I won't just be clicking the 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 buy button. I'll be clicking the buy now button. <laughs> um, the you know the one click purchase. Um, all right. Last but not least, uh, buy or sell, Carson. Major League Baseball needs to adjust their game times for next year. I am
2: going to buy on this. Um, mostly, honestly, not even the the early games bother me, but not as much as the late games do. Like, this this Padres-Dodgers mm. series is, is running me down. Like, if, if these games weren't as good as they and I might have fallen asleep on my couch last night. Like, it's... It gets yeah. it gets later for, for us here in the the Midwest, <laughs> the mountain time. So it gets it gets late for us the further the further back you go here. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on this for the late games.
1: You know i I think I'm gonna I think I'm selling this. Um, I yes, I I will admit that there are issues with some of the start times. Um, there seemed to be an awful lot of day games this year, which, yeah, maybe, maybe needs to be cut back a little bit. Um, all right, l- let me put it this way. I'm, I'm selling the, I'm selling this, the adjusting game times for the regular season. I'm buying adjusting game times for the playoffs, like Carson said, because I mean, although I am, you know, in the mountain time zone here and which uh, I have to be honest, it's is pretty much the sweet spot in terms of uh in terms of uh you know catching catching games in, in other time zones. Um because if it's a if it's seven o'clock, you know, if it's a seven o'clock game on the East Coast, it starts at five here, which is perfect. Um and you know, vice versa for the West Coast. Um yeah, so I'm I'm selling adjusting the times for the regular season, and I'm buying uh I'm buying adjusting times for the playoffs if if that makes sense.
2: That makes sense. I think that's I think that's certainly uh certainly a fair way to to look at it. I mean um you know the the regular season games also starting kind of in the afternoon or in the later on especially as you get further into the season can be a little bit annoying. So yeah, I can yeah. I can see I can see where you're coming from there.
1: I don't I don't know about you, but uh, as I I mean, night games are great. Um, Well, going to a baseball game anytime is great, but uh, night games are great, Carson. But I am I am a huge, huge fan of of afternoon baseball.
2: Yeah. Afternoon baseball. There is truly nothing like it because you can just relax. You don't have to go to bed when you get back to the game from the game. Yeah, it's it's exactly.
1: Yeah uh and if and if heaven is any if heaven resembles fenway on a summer saturday afternoon uh sign me up uh all right hey everybody the mailbag's back yay, yay. Blah, 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 blah. the mailbag's back after a couple episode hiatus um and and we actually have a full mailbag uh apologies to to any of you who uh Apologies to anyone who has been sending in their mailbag stuff, and uh, we just didn't have time to get to it the last couple episodes because there's been so much to talk about. Um, but actually, all three of these uh, have ones that have been kind of sitting there, and I and I thought uh, if we don't do the mailbag for a third episode in a row, uh, Carson, our fans will break out their pitchforks and torches. Um, all right, so let's let's dive right into the mailbag. First up. Uh, from Kevin in Nevada, uh which team do you guys think is in the most trouble in their series? I'm assuming by trouble you mean, you know, the team that's, you know, kind of on the on the ropes a little bit. Um you all may be expecting me to say the Seattle Mariners because let's be honest, they are in trouble against the Astros. Carson, but uh I'm going with the I'm going with the LA Dodgers uh because that Padres team scares the hell out of me. And I think by earning that split in LA, the Padres have, have, I, yeah, I know the series is tied, but um, with two games coming up at home, uh, I do not envy being the Dodgers in that position.
2: Interesting. Um, I'm going with the Guardians. Uh, I think that this inexperience is really came back to haunt them in game one the the offense just did not look like look the same um i mean granted you're facing Garrett cole and he was absolutely feeling for them but
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i mean this is i'm i'm very concerned for the guardians right now
1: yeah the guardians are in they're in pretty deep too yeah for sure um all right uh liz from missouri uh <laughs> well i'm assuming i'm guessing by this question is a cardinals fan uh, did Arenado and Goldschmidt let the Cardinals down? Ooh. uh Yeah. Yes and no. Yes, because I feel like... Do I feel like they could have done more in that series against the Phillies? Absolutely. Um. But I don't think you can... Carson, I don't think you can put all the blame on Arenado and Goldschmidt.
2: No, absolutely not. Um, As for the original question of did they let the Cardinals down, I think they absolutely did. Uh, Between the two of them, I believe they only got one hit in the entire series, Um, and that came from Nolan Arenado. Um, so obviously, you know, you've got to, when you've got two bats like those guys, you've got to be able to get the you got to be able to get the bats going and they just could not put it together, um, for, for this entire series. But, but like you said, though, AJ, you cannot put all of the blame on. On, on these guys, absolutely not. I mean, Ryan Heldley, who was one of the most reliable, uh, one of the most reliable relievers in the game in the regular season, got absolutely lit up in game one with, with four earned runs coming in. And, I mean, you know, obviously you've got to be able to rely on, on these guys who you were depending on to close out games to be able to keep you in them as well. And, I mean, the game game two, you know, you get seven hits but no runs. That's on the entire team. That's not just on Nolan Arenado and Paul Holger. Obviously, they've, they must have had opportunities to drive guys in, but – um, you know, that that's an yep. all around bad team performance. So did did those two Arnado and Goldschmidt specifically let them down? Yes. But it was also a team effort in order to lose that series.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of blame to go around, uh, for sure. Um uh, but yes, they definitely they definitely uh those two guys definitely didn't show up uh when they needed to. I mean, obviously, you lost two straight to the Phillies. Um No disrespect to the Phillies, but, um, all right. Last but not least out of the mailbag for Jennifer in Connecticut. (laughs) Oh, uh, I love this one already. Uh, where does the Mets collapse rank among all time chokes? Um, Carson, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, it was a pretty, it was a pretty epic choke by the Mets. Not only stumbling down the stretch and losing the, and, and losing the division lead, to the Braves and then getting swept by the Padres in the in the wild card round, but I don't know. I I don't know about you. I think there have been much worse collapses.
2: Yeah it the the Mets f- season is certainly a failure um, to to be sure. But there there have been a lot worse collapses. I think throughout history. But it's definitely. It's definitely one of the bigger collapses I think we've seen in in the modern era, um, especially mm. when you think about going back to the regular season, how they were able to maintain the lead on the NL East for all that time. You not only drop the division and become a wild card team, but you end up losing in the wild card round when all when a lot of baseball pundits had such high hopes for you in the postseason. It's it's got to be up there at least among the modern era collapses for me.
1: Yeah, I think if the, I mean, obviously, just to play hypothetical, if the Mets win the NL East and get that and get that two seed instead of the Braves, um, yeah, I, I think we're talking about, uh, well, I mean, I'm, we're talking about the Mets and and uh, probably you know having a good shot to get the, to the NLCS, so. Um, but I guess we'll never know. As far as all-time collapses, you know, all-time chokes, I don't even think this one cracks my top ten. Um, of course, and you all know where I'm going with this, the The worst collapse and worst choke job of all time was the 2004 Yankees. Obviously, uh, only team in baseball history to lose a seven-game series after leading three games to none, thanks to my Red Sox. So... Uh, sorry, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, thanks everybody for sending your your questions to the mailbag. Keep those coming. Um, we'll do a better job at trying to get to all of those. Uh, as we as we roll forward here in the playoffs. Uh, must watch games, all of them. Duh. Um, my one last thing. Uh, just to go back to the that. Absolutely crushing, heartbreaking loss by the Mariners. Game one against the Astros. Um, we talked a little bit about Paul Sewald earlier and how he's been, you know, he's been really reliable for the Mariners all year. And um, I think, I think sometimes we lose sight. Uh, of the fact that not only are these guys baseball players, but they're also, you know, they're, they're human beings, they're people. Um, and I just want to say to uh, all of you, to anyone who took part in the absolute trashing of Paul Seawold on social media that got so bad he was forced to delete his Twitter account, um, shame on you um absolutely reprehensible disgusting behavior uh you know yeah i get it you're upset your team lost the game i know it sucks but i mean just just have some perspective you know don't don't harass and 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 insult and and just you know don't 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 personally you know don't personally attack you know, an athlete, uh, you know, an actor, you know, any any, any of these, any public figures. Yeah, I get it. They're public figures, but they're also people. They're human beings. They have lives, uh, you know, they have lives away from, uh, you know, the field or the rink or the court uh, or the stage or the screen. Um, I don't care. I don't care what they did or didn't do to upset you, uh, but attacking them personally to the point where they have to delete their social media, um, is never okay. And there's never, never an excuse for that.
2: Yeah. Well said. Um, like, like you said, we got to remind ourselves that these guys are human beings at the end of the day and, uh, deserve to be, deserve to be treated as such. Um, for my final thoughts, I don't even know how this is possible, but hey am talking about the twins again. Um, oh, boy.
0: So,
2: and no, it's not about Carlos Correa opting out, although is crushing my soul as we speak. Um, <laughs> but the the as as teams usually do, the, the coaching staff in Minnesota was discussed as far as who potentially could be could be on their way out. Um, now, I have no personal problem with them keeping Rocco Baldelli, which is what they did. Uh, front office, I have a little bit more of an issue with, but that's that's not what I'm talking about today. So, the Minnesota Twins, our pitching coach, Wes Johnson, left about halfway through the season to take a job with LSU. At the time that he left, the Twins were fourth best in ERA among Starter at the very least. After he left through the end of the season, the Twins ended up finishing twenty eighth. From from that point on, now AJ, you are a baseball mind thinking thinking about the fact that the ERA went that badly. Who was a coach that you would have imagined would have gotten would have gotten fired um, in this round of cuts for the Twins?
1: Uh, whoever took over is their pitching coach?
2: Exactly. AJ took a wild (laughs) guess as to who didn't get fired.
1: Uh, the Twins' new pitching coach? Correct.
2: Yes, they did not (laughs) decide to get rid of Pete Mackey. Instead, getting rid of their head athletic trainer, which... I mean, congrats, I guess, considering this team did spend a lot of time on the injured list, but... Mm. But, AJ... I don't understand how you can look at how the pitching absolutely collapsed in the second half of the season and think, oh, yeah, Pete Mackey, the the pitching coach, he's our guy. Yeah. And now there's a story in The Athletic that came out that said the reason that they kept him was because the player feedback was encouraging. Now I'm all for oh I'm all for player feedback. I think that the players are you know, the players are obviously the lifeblood of any organization. I'm all for player feedback. I love it. But the stats and player feedback have to be weighed differently here. The pitching staff was not good in the second half of the season. And you decide, ah, we're gonna we're gonna bring him back. We're gonna bring back the third base coach, too, who probably lost a few games for us based on his base calling ability or lack thereof. It just it blows my mind to think about some of these personnel decisions that these guys make, and it terrifies me to see what happens in the offseason because, once again, we're going to try and go claim a you know, a budget a budget signing like, oh, Mike Clevenger, he was so good as a Cleveland Guardian, he can come back for us and be the same player. Really, how'd that work out for Dylan Bundy? How'd that work out for Chris Archer? Spoiler alert, it didn't. And the fact that they think it'll work again is mind-boggling and makes me want to throw my head against. It <laughs> and hopefully that uh, is my last
1: twins <laughs> <rest> <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of the season. Until until our first episode of the new season where you are uh lamenting all the boneheaded decisions the twins made in the offseason. Um How Carlos like plays not here. I was going to say, like, not re-signing Carlos Correa. Um, No, that is, that is, that's definitely a head-scratcher. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, But take heart, Twins fans. Uh, Your Minnesota Wilds play their first game tonight. So, you know, hey, there you go. And your Vikings are, what, four and one? Somehow. So, yes, yeah somehow the vikings are four and one so uh and the T wolves look scary good so even though they gave up the house uh they gave away the farm uh but you know hey
2: hey it's all right we got we got cat at the four and the stifle tower at the at center now so we'll be on right. yeah so um
1: all right that's uh that's what we got for you everybody um uh, of course you can listen to the show uh, you can uh, you can of course listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else you get podcasts uh, Get your podcast fixed by going to anchor.fm/ eighth inning stretch. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and as uh, always do not forget to check out our awesome sponsors over at printer dudes uh, at printerdus.ety.com. Uh, Check out their awesome collection of 3D printed gifts and collectibles. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.se.com. That's D-O-O-D-S. Carson, real quick before we go. uh, We talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but uh, let's get on our Stanley Cup picks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh Stanley Cup pick for me this season, I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and I have the Flames winning the cup.
1: Flames and Hurricanes. Okay. Um yeah, I mean those are both both teams got, you know, both teams look, look scary good uh coming into the season. Um I'm I'm throwing it back to 1996. I'm going Colorado Avalanche and Florida Panthers in the finals. Uh, a throwback to the uh, to the Avalanche's first year in Denver uh, where they swept the Panthers in the finals, uh, including a triple overtime thriller in Game 4 on a goal by Yui Krupp. Yeah, that's right. I just dropped a Yui Krupp reference. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, Avs and Avs and Panthers in the finals, I don't see. I think their road to get there will be a little tougher, but I I, I mean, if anyone watched the Avs game last night, they, they look, uh, if possible, maybe even better than they were last year. Um, Avs, Panthers in the finals, uh, and the Avs take the cup in five games.
2: Hmm.
1: That's certainly a pick. That is a
0: pick.
1: When, when have I ever backed down from making bold picks on this show? That is true. I I have no fear when it comes to making picks. And uh, in case anybody is curious, one of them is not looking so great. And right now the Mariners are still losing one nothing to the Astros in the top of the fourth inning. Um, so it's okay, Mariners fans. It will be okay. Please resist the urge to jump off the top of the space needle. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we got for you. Um, enjoy the uh, enjoy the the rest of the division series. And um, well, when we talk to you guys on uh, when we talk to you guys on Monday, um, uh, who knows? We may be we may be one step closer to figuring out who's playing the league championship series. Uh, Thanks as always for tuning in and uh, everybody have an awesome weekend and, uh, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.